HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show, spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, America's last best hope to make the internet safe for absolutely no one, two people who will do pretty much anything for a pizza, your hosts... Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Hello and welcome to the Judy and Mike show. When did it become the Cage Judy match. and Mike show? Cage match. Okay, I'd like to see that. I think I think our listeners would like to see that as well. Anytime yeah. you want, McGuire, let's I'll go. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> You're all hotted up because you just came from your punk rope. Beastinetics. Beastinetics. Beast yeah. Crack AM outside in the rain doing push-ups and it hurts. You are a hero. I am... You did that Tomatic. today? That's why I showered for you guys. Oh Thank my you. god. I am so impressed. Yes, you sh- it was it, it was like it's like old football drill exercises where you have to like jump like this here. Okay, no then, no no football players do that. This thing I jazz mean, hands and then you like drop no, and do it. There a are no jazz hands in football. Can dude. I just ask you so your goal was to make exercise as miserable as it could possibly <laughs> be? Like I'm going to go out in the cold rain yeah, but, and do football drills. Yeah, but the jazz hands make everything okay. The jazz hands make it great. It's it's based on the art of the workout Tabata. Oh. Perhaps you've heard of it. I'm not familiar with Tabata. <laughs> I think I had a side order of dinner last night. It's um, they're little they're little bursts of crazy workout. Twenty seconds on, then you get an increasingly smaller number of rest seconds in between. Like so, you go twenty seconds of crazy, nineteen seconds of Trying to not have a heart attack. Another words, just a crazy. day in the life of Judy McGuire. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's a madcap crazy world. Hey, we're so excited to have on our spooky show, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anna David, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Really scary, Los Angeles, California. I love LA. What's scary is I came from Los Angeles just to do this show. That's awesome. That's the frightening part. Well, that's not they, they entirely all, true, but it's semi-true. They, they all do, yeah. Anna. I know, people, I know. People flock here to Bushwick to do internet radio from the back of a pizzeria. Well, just to be able to smell that pizza, even at, you know, whatever early hour it is, yeah, just something. to smell that, oh my God, it's worth the 3,000 miles. It's, it's, it's no joke, the, the pizza here is phenomenal. It is the best R- pizza Roberta's in is as good a restaurant as there is in the five boroughs. So Anna has a new book out called Falling for Me, How I Hung Curtains, Learned to Cook, Traveled to Seville, and Fell in Love. She's also written Party Girl, Bought, um, I believe there's another book in there too that I didn't write down. Um, I can help. What what what's the, what's the other book? Called? It was called Reality Matters. It was I, it was an anthology I conceived of and edited, but it was it was essays about reality shows, and I had essays by like James Fry and Neil Strauss and oh cool all these people more yeah, James successful Fry, yeah. than me. Yeah, reality. James Fry, reality. <laughs> His he wrote the intro about the perception of reality. Get it? It's juicy. Uh, you know what I say? Reality is for people who can't handle professional wrestling. Oh dear. James Fry. No sports talk. It's girls. Yeah. We're talking bras. My, I think I fell asleep. <laughs> um, Anna, okay, now your book has a lot of important self discovery things in it, but the thing that is really sticking with me today is that. You went to a bra store. I've yeah. heard about people getting refitted and finding out like, oh my God, I thought it was an A cup and I'm a D cup. Right. But <laughs> Okay, I think I'm going to go smoke a joint of Jack Yeah, now. just go to sleep for a little while. <laughs> We're talking about boobies, Mike. Boobies. I'm, pro- I'm very pro boobies. boobies. That's the funny thing about men. You can like you can talk about oh. boobs forever, but bras and they fall asleep. I think you're painting with a pretty broad brush here. Okay, let's talk bras. Okay, so this bra store. <laughs> Love yes. them. Bras. Tell, why don't we give them a little plug? Bras. What's their name? Riplew. And where are they? They are on Madison and 66. Fancy. You know, not as fancy as one might think from that address. My experience was... Do you think, say, a host of an internet radio show could go there and afford to buy something? I think so. (laughs) I think she can't afford not to. (laughs) My boobs are going to look so fucking great next week. It's it's like surgery, but without surgery. Now, do they, they, they manhandle, your, your breasts look amazing. That's my point. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. They just, all I know is that they look much better than they did before I went there. What, what happened is when I first moved to New York, this girl I met at a party said, oh, we have to go to the bra man. Everybody in New York goes to the bra man. He measures you. You find out that you're the wrong size. It's so amazing. I never saw that girl again. And then whenever I Googled the bra man in New York, I would get the Czech Brahmin trio, like Uh. some jazz band. And so... I um and in in my book Helen Gurley you know my book is taking everything from Sex and the Single Girl Helen Gurley Brown's 1962 self help book and doing it today, but she never talks about bras because she basically didn't eat. And so, she was also she was so flat chested. Yeah, so it's not she, relevant. She weighs like 86 pounds. But are you sure I we're think talking 96 about 96 was her goal weight? Didn't you say that? Yeah, she told the New York Times that. Are you sure point. we're not talking about bars and not bras? Bras. I'm forming a new Facebook group: bars, not bras. Will you? A few minutes ago, claimed you were interested in talking about bras. How quickly things change. Wait, t- talk about the erotic massage the woman at the bra store gave your bras. <laughs> there. Got your attention, Mike? Yeah. This Asian woman, um, basically, you walk in there. They tell you, in my experience, she was like, you are not a C cup. You are a D cup. And then she said, and you have to do the system. And I'm like, system? <laughs> and before I know what's happening, she's got her hand 
down my down my shirt in my bra and is just like pulling up and over. I'm glad that I can semi demonstrate for for Judy to close your eyes. Um, and, and then she and then she's like does it again. And then she does it again. You know, and she just keeps going back and forth between the boobs until it's as if I've had surgery. And then they get this bra on you and the boobs stay there. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm for this. I'm totally buying that bra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's quite it's quite a system. And, you know, she told me all these alarming facts, like you're supposed to wash your bra after each use. You're supposed to get rid of it after three months. They do alterations. <laughs> bra alterations. I mean, okay, how much does a bra from them cost? No, it's like $60. It's not, not ridiculous. Bad. Yeah. But three months, I've had bras like from the 80s. I know. I mean, the problem with going there is they ruin all other bras for you. Like you go home and you put something on. You're like, oh, this is like not really wearing a bra. But it's a good discovery, Judy. (laughs) I work to afford my bras. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to start washing them after everywhere. No, you Sorry. and me both. Let's talk a little bit about Helen Gurley Brown. <laughs> no, I'll bring this around to uh, everyone's uh, faux feminist. What do we call Helen Gurley Brown? I know a lot of people don't dig her message. I think she's a complete feminist to me. I think I think she's great. I'm actually a fan, although she's kind of batshit crazy. I, I have read her book. She's nutty. I mean, that whole bit about, you know, like, you know, swiping off supplies and everything seems to be so upwardly mobile and she has this materialist sort of angle on it. And of course, she's angling for a man in a way that other uh, feminists of, of her generation certainly would not. I mean, she Well, was- I think she's a very complicated feminist. I mean, first of all, Helen Gurley Brown grew, grew up dirt poor. So all her scrimping yep. and all her advice about like, oh, you want to save money? Go steal your neighbor's paper. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, go um, get a guy to put you in a cab. Say, tell a guy you want to share a cab with him and then jump out after three blocks. I mean, like these of... are crazy things, but these are crazy things born out of the desperation of having absolutely but, but, no but, money. But her goal, I mean, her, her stated primary objective was to hook a rich guy. Um, no, that's actually not accurate. I, I mean, her stated primary goal was to make her own career and, and be successful. Like that is was her number one goal before anything else. She didn't get married till she was thirty seven, right? Which, which in is, the sixties is like the equivalent incredible. of it's waiting great. till you were sixty today. Yeah. My mother was twenty four, and everyone on her block thought she was an old maid. Right, right. You know, she she was. I don't agree with everything about. HGB, like no. I do enjoy a nice burger. I'm not going to get down to 96 pounds unless you cut me in half. But I mean, I mean, she she said. I mean, her, one of her famous crazy quotes was, "A tiny touch of anorexia nervosa <laughs> may be necessary to maintain an ideal weight." I like her, but she's batshit nuts. <laughs> the other things you did in the book were, I mean, they sort of seemed like stuff, sensible growing up things, like. Yeah decorating learning to like make a nice home for yourself learning to cook dinner for your mom Um, yeah i know i mean that's the thing is so much of me had not really grown up i mean this really Mm -hmm. is a book about me growing up because and i mean i can use all sorts of excuses you know it's like i'm an addict i mean i've been sober it'll be almost 11 years wow so that, that's a lot of years in which I could have grown up. You know, I really believe addiction freezes you at the age that you start using. So it's like, 
so I'm 11 years sober so that makes I started using it 12 so I'm like 23 <laughs> 23 you should really have your good bra and your nice your nice apartment but it's like what happened to me is like I was just such a party girl and then at Q Music where's that song um, and then I was and then I, it's like I transformed into Reese Witherspoon in election you know and it was like right. here's my number two pencil and you know and it was like career 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 and it's like nothing could stop me and it there was so much I neglected and I was still very much living like a college kid until I started this project. Right. I mean, I, but I do think it's very common for a lot of women with the, their apartments. I mean, yeah. yeah, some, some women just always are together and stuff, but a lot of us are really on some level waiting for a guy to come along and make a home with. Right. So we don't make our place comfortable. Totally. I mean, and I say exactly that and I'm glad cause I never really hear other women admit that. But I did for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it was just sort of like, oh, well, this worked in college and, that, you know, this worked in my old apartment. And, you know, and I just never really thought I was well, well, worth wait, wait having a, a nice wait apartment a second, wait for. A so when I go over a woman's house, when I'm so fortunate to be invited to a woman's house and it's sort of a little shabby chic a little sloppy around the edges it's because she's waiting for a man to come and bring organization into her life it's not organization it's it's um you don't you that, that feel sounds, like it's kind me, of it sounds, it sounds i'm not saying contrary, it's, true. it's not true of all women yeah. and it's I not only think to, it's to my the reality that i've experienced but to any sort of feminist value that you know there's a hole in my life that needs to be filled by a man and that's why i'm well, consciously or subconsciously sort of you know not really you know reeling everything in but here's how it came about is you know women always went from their parents house to the man's house and now we have this generation of women who don't do that and nobody really ever said to me oh hey you know when you get out of college and you're starting your life like you, you know, we're still, some of us, I mean, most of us, I think, are still programmed to that, like, I pick out the china and I get that for my wedding. And it's like, no. You buy your own damn dishes. You buy your own china. If you want china, you go buy it. And how do you think it's different for a guy? Well, who, who gets, you know, tossed out, you know, into the world or from college. I dropped out of college and found most, myself, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, how to do the same things, how to hang up curtains, make my place look good, make a suave bachelor pad. So when I was lucky enough to have a woman come over, she wouldn't look at me like some retarded frat boy and say, hey, this guy's got some style. Maybe you want to stay over. OK, but men are in a position where they're more likely to have to lure a woman in. If a guy comes to your apartment, he's going to bang you no matter if you've got a dirty <laughs> futon on the floor or what. Right, right, right. Well, I'll tell you what, if I came over and you had no books, though, I'm out of there. Dirty futons okay but that's that's the worst thing i come over when i'm lucky enough to go over to a woman's house and there are no books or maybe there's a copy of like the norton anthology of literature that she's been carrying around you know since uh or the secret the secret well you talk about yeah or the or the rules the books thing was um kind of interesting because (laughs) very funny well but it's like well first of all my mom's an english professor i grew up like our our decorations are bookshelves like just books 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 everywhere and so you know and i had millions and uh, millions of my own books and it's I hired this decorator and he comes in and he's like Anna what would you think if you walked in to a guy's apartment and you saw you know 16,000 copies of his own book I'd be like oh I think he was a douche and he's like those go to the closet and then he gets to my self-help section and he's like wait toxic parents how to love your inner child and then I was doing um you know I was doing all that sex and relationship advice so I had like sexual dysfunction I'm like that's for a class I'm taking he's like a guy doesn't know that I have the same shelf and it is right it is a boner killer yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man I think we have to take a break now let's take Um, a break for a moment um, <laughs> what are we hearing? You, got, you uh, guys are killing me. T-Bone Walker, oh, Party Girl. Party Girl. And we're going to come back and talk about drugs, I think, for a change. <laughs> party Girl, Party Girl. 
Why don't you stay at home? Party girl, party girl, why don't you stay at home? You lost all your glamour, and your health is almost gone. Party girl, party girl, you used to be so fine. Party girl, party girl, you used to be so fine. Bright lights and whiskey have caused you to lose your mind. On the Judy and Mike show. On the Mike and Judy show, <laughs> streaming live on the Heritage Radio Network. From yeah, the Judy and Mike show has some classy music. <laughs> We're trying to class it up. That's Engineer to the Stars, Jack Inslee. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, and no exploited again. this week. <laughs> we should have picked spookier songs for Halloween, though. That's okay. Yeah. You're scary enough, Judy and Mike show. Hey. Hey. So Anna, See you in the cage, McGuire. <laughs> Party Girl was about you getting sober, and the sobriety in this book, and you're an executive editor at The Fix, which also employs me from time to time to freelance. One of my favorite freelancers, I might add. Thank you. Um, the, the sobriety in, in this book, it struck me when um, you were online dating and meeting people for coffee. I did a lot of online dating, and... For a while, I was dating only sober guys because I had this attraction to alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And sober on like online dating is hard enough with a cocktail, but sober online dating that is really hard. Well, I mean, it's the only kind I've ever done. I mean, oh, I, I guess, certainly yeah. didn't um, wow. do it before. Um, but also, Party Girl is a novel. It's right. it's actually oh, no, and yeah, everyone yeah. keeps doing that. They're like, what another <laughs> memoir? I'm like, Party Girl is actually a novel. Um, but Judy's smart enough to see through I, all that. I know the story. Wow. Online um, dating without booze, I couldn't imagine. But yeah, I mean, I, when you're sober, you do obviously everything without booze. Right. So it stops crossing your mind. <laughs> or it would be a very tragic date, actually, if you went off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, when I, my sobriety to me, it, you know, it was like I was a disaster when I was um, drinking and doing drugs. And so my life is so much better that I don't ever, it's different for everyone, but I don't ever entertain like, oh, I wish I could drink right now. It's right. just off the table. So you don't think of that as tragic. You think this guy is such a freaking loser, but you don't think, <laughs> oh, I wish I could be drinking right now. Uh, my online dating experience is definitely marked by like rivers of booze. I don't know how else it would have happened. Well, when I was dating, when I had my like, I'm only going to date employed sober people. It, yeah, and how'd that work out for you? Well, I met some, you know, it's a big freak pool <laughs> online dating is. And the so, mm-hmm. there's lots of crazy sober people. There's lots of crazy not sober people. Right, I mean, right. you know... T- I, I will say that the one, and I, I write about him in the book, you'll get to it, but like the guy that I met online that I started dating, it turns out he was sober and like we went to the same meetings and, oh, wow. you know, um, and that was the guy I ended up liking and I never met him through sobriety. I met him online. So. That's, that's the thing I love about online dating. When people are, I have friends who haven't had dates in like years and they're perfectly cute. They're like, oh, I could never online date. 
It's like, well, then you can never get laid because you live in your apartment. Wow, and that's you don't that's go out. so cynical. Well, it's true. I tend not to meet a lot of women sitting on my couch watching TV. Exactly. This is true. I do find online dating somewhat demoralizing, though. It, I have to admit. It is. It is. It it's, can be. But regular dating can be demoralizing, too. Less. I know. I know that sounds, mm. you know, no, but I don't know. I can't, I can't, I remember right after I did this, and I, and I do speed dating in the book, and you'll get to that, and I don't Ooh. mean to ruin anything, but I remember the night afterwards, my friend and I were talking about the speed dating experience at a group, at a table, and this woman said, basically like, you did that? And like, she said something like, that's for losers, and then she turned to this guy um, who was a friend of ours, and he, she goes, you would never do something like that, would you? I mean, just like, that. that is the perception. Speed is the wrong drug for dating. That's my problem with that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I never had the nerve I, to do speed dating. I was just like... That, that's a, that's I, a little it, bit much. It, it's, Although, it's more like martyrdom. Like, I wouldn't call yeah. it well, well, Let me ask, ask you, you gals something. Do you like going out on dates? Yes. Um, with men that I like, yeah, you know, not really for the most part. I think no. it's a dying art. I, I like going out on a date. I think it's nice to get dressed up and to feel special and to go to a restaurant, be a little romantic, see where it goes. First dates are very exciting. I think it's thrilling. Yeah, they they can be thrilling or they can be really depressing. Yeah, too, for the most but... part. Um, I mean, I my new thing. I don't know. I think the dating culture is so crazy with all of this online dating, and you know, it's like we have no people have no one, um, no references. You know, so like what they can. You know, they, they don't, there's no obligation to treat you well because their roommate's sister went to college with you, you right. know? Yeah, I'm old school about this shit. You know, I strive to be a man. I'm trying to lead by example. But let me tell you, the people I know, men and women in their 20s, um, a lot of the hipsters that infect this neighborhood, and I talk to them, and they have no idea what a fucking date is. The women say men don't know how to pay for dinner. They don't well, know how to hold a cab door. And, a, and, and the guys just did a piece on the gloss and, and about the, men the, not paying. And the, yeah, and the guys yeah. don't feel like they have to because, you know, some somewhere... Their, their brains got cross-circuited. This is the way I feel. Like, who let's should pay? Get, let's get Jack in on this. Well, well, here's, Jack, 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 do you pay on a date? Absolutely. Yes, I do. Good I'm, I'm stubborn about that. Jack's a mess. Well, did... But listen, it backfires sometimes now. How, How so? Well, I just had a girl who, you know, she was offended. I, that's, <laughs> that's just women are crazy well, too. I mean, I, so I wrote this piece for the gloss about bring back men paying for dates, and I got that was like considered so controversial. Um, you know, all I said was, I want to be, you know, I'll do the fake wallet reach with the best of them. I do the best reach you've ever seen. But you're copying to the, you're copying to its fakeness. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, the thing is on a first that, date, that's real, that's real sex. In the single I girl like a stuff, woman right? to, I, I like a man to pay on the first okay, date. Here's who all. should pay for the date. Whoever initiates it, unless it's the woman, in which case the man should pay. And the good last man. few dates good I've man. been seen. The last few dates I've been younger, and I think that had something to do with it. Oh, going for the older women, Jack. Uh, take what I can get. <laughs> nice. I don't get a woman being offended. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, not, that's not my, my experience. And generally, I, I always pay for a date on online dates or any date. I mean, in the first few seconds, let alone moments, you know whether the date's going to has, has a future, if it's got legs or not, but I always pick up the Jack. Can we just talk about how dating is weird? Like, my new philosophy is now going back to what I used to think long ago, which is like, become friends with people and then go out with them once they're your friends. This whole like, I'm going to put on a show and we're going to sit down to dinner and Mike's going to get dressed up and pay and that's lovely. But don't you think the whole thing is a little weird? There is a... It is weird, but... It's contrived. It's absolutely contrived. But with me, I promise you, what you see is what you get. I'm not going to put on... There are no bells and whistles that you're going to get at the first date that you're not going to see a year later. a big long advertisement to go out on a date with Mike. <laughs> uh, Isn't listeners? that what every show is? <laughs> I'm looking for a wife for Mike. 
Our call you know number anyone? is seven one eight four nine seven two one two eight. I think he's a mensch. I think any woman would be lucky. Mike needs a wife. <laughs> yeah. well, that'll be our ad campaign if we ever get one. Our ad campaign. I like the one we have now. We're awesome. Very awesome. <laughs> Super awesome. <laughs> Super cool. Um, before uh, we came on, uh, Anna, we were talking about the, uh, uh, the trials and tribulations of putting out a book mm-hmm. in, in this market stum. I mean, it's crashingly difficult to write a book. It's, it's a year's worth of work, at least. It's like having homework every day of your life, and you put it out, and you wait for people to jump Care. up and down, throw a party. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, I think I, like everybody, my, I thought, oh, my first novel, I thought my life is going to be made. Yes. I will wake <laughs> up and I will be, I don't know, like Carrie Bradshaw and like the whole world is going to celebrate me and my life is going to change overnight. And I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, my life is exactly the same. Yep. And all I heard from my publisher was that they didn't, it undersold, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're disappointed. It's tough. I, I, mean, I don't know how to get, get, get that pop and I'm not quite sure why it happens or, or why it doesn't to certain people. Certainly... Um, great books go unnoticed and bad ones you know, rush up to the top of the bestsellers I mean, list. I mean, the, I think the fact is 99% of books go unnoticed. If you are lucky enough to be in among the 1% that gets any buzz at all, yep. you're supposed to be very grateful, you know? But publishing is a very black and white business. To me, it's like alcoholism. It's like, you know, it's like you are either the help or you really disappointed your publisher, and we better change your name if you want another book deal. You know, it is it is, it is a racket. I'm not even sure who's reading or how to get that attention. Speaking of the one percent, um, have you been have you, has you been, down, been down to Wall Street on the store yet? No, but I was on Red Eye, the Fox News show last night, and uh, we, t- we talked about it a lot. Uh, and did you Red Eye? I've seen that show. That's sort of like speed dating for Fox News junkies, right? <laughs> oh my god! You, so you're you were on Fox News at it's like three in the morning. You right? tape it at eight. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I was yeah. like, you look very fresh for having been up all night lady that's very sweet judy but i did get my eight hours last night okay so uh, anna tell us where we can find you and our our listener can find you um (laughs) um well annadavid.com is my um web address i'm on facebook and twitter at anna david um but you know and this book you know is, is obviously on amazon but it's at um mcnally jackson it's actually saint mark's books oh it is I hope. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually have not been to any stores yet since it <laughs> came out two days ago. Or Sorry, October 30th. It came out a while ago. But I still haven't been to any bookstores um, that and have seen it. But it's it's my first book that's really being sold everywhere. It's online at Walmart and Target and all that wow. stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Target. That's big stuff. I know. Those are big accounts. Online, though. Online. But though. still. It's still. It's never happened before. All right. Well, we I want to see it in the airport. I, 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 yeah, oh, that'd be good. I think. I think Anna has a brighter future than anyone who's been on the show so far. <laughs> uh, Marty Beckerman got a movie deal <laughs> that, seconds after he was on our show. So. He did. Yes. Because um, that was a way to make me feel like I'd really. Um... We've we've catapulted stars. It's yeah. true. It's true, we have. Uh, we do support indie booksellers. And if I uh, may, I'm going to be next week, Judy. It will be the Judy and Mike show because I'm going to be out on the road promoting my new book, Dirty, Dirty, Dirty. And I'm going to call in and check up on you. Well, I'm going to be d- dirty, dirty, dirty in here. <laughs> I still haven't selected my co-host. We should have a, we should have a Facebook contest. That's a good idea. For a guest co-host. Well, once again, it's been the Mike and Judy show. Judy and Mike show. Broadcasting live from, uh, <laughs> from Roberta's here in Bushwick on the Heritage Radio Network. We'll see you guys next week. Happy Halloween. When I was just a little girl I asked my mother What will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me Que 
Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.